This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Welcome in this week. It is SETN Preps Podcast. I'm Chris Goforth. He is Chandler Morrison. And here we go, uh, ready to take a look back at week number three. There is no Labor Day holiday for us. We are laboring on this uh, Labor Day, or at least Labor Day weekend. To bring you our our SETN Preps podcast, don't forget you can find us uh, on iTunes. Go subscribe, rate, and review the podcast at the SETN Preps podcast. Again, that is the SETN Preps podcast. We are on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash SETN Preps. You can find it all there. All we talk about is Southeast Tennessee high school football. If Georgia's your thing, move on down the line, folks. We focus it to just the area in Southeast Tennessee uh, around Chattanooga, and that is where we kick it off every week talking about the big games, um, previewing, and then reviewing games every single week. Chandler? No sense in waiting around, man. If you're ready, let's just hop right into it this week. And, you know, last week we talked about teams that were 2-0 and and teams that were 0-2. Our list of unbeatens has gotten smaller. Polk County lost this week. They dropped off. McCauley lost. They got beat by the fighting Kirk Herbstreets this week. And McCauley fall, falls out from the ranks of of the unbeaten. So we only have three teams left and it's three of the smaller schools in the area. And eventually one of these other three will lose. Meg's County is still unbeaten in two A. And then the other two unbeatens are both in one A and they're going to play each other in a couple of weeks. South Pittsburgh and Whitwell and they are both extremely Dominant South Pittsburgh has outscored opponents one hundred and twenty three to seven through three games. Whitwell has outscored opponents one hundred and fifty three to six through three games. Yeah, Chris, I, uh, we we talked about last week that Meigs County was probably the one out of those five that we had left last week. We're down to three that has the chance to go ten and zero, um, and they probably have the best chance of the three to go undefeated and, and to a state championship undefeated potentially because here's the deal. Will and South Pittsburgh play each other in the regular season, but we all know that when it gets to quarterfinal time, these these regions are not that great that South Pittsburgh and Whitwell uh, are in and the, the region they play. So there's a good chance. That, you know what they say, it's hard to beat somebody twice. So whoever wins that first time is probably not going to have the chance to, to beat them the second time as well. So, Meg still looks like a favorite to, to, to go for a 15-0 and 0 season if anybody in the Chattanooga area does. Yeah, I think when you talk 1A, and South Pittsburgh was able to beat Whitwell twice last year, and that second meeting between the two um, really wasn't as close as what the score may indicate. I mean, South Pittsburgh was yeah. completely in control in that second meeting. Uh, however, I think in 1A football – in the east, it's South Pittsburgh, it's Whitwell, and it's probably going to be Greenback as that third team. One of those three should represent the east in Cookville. Now, in 2A, 
I'm not so sure right now the two best teams in 2A football in East Tennessee aren't Meigs County and Tyne. Yeah, I, I just think I, I tweeted out earlier this weekend uh, on Saturday, I tweeted out that Tyner, and we'll get to that in a minute, they played Polk County, they, they beat Polk County, uh, but I just don't think they're going to have any competition at their division until they play Meigs County in the semifinals. And it's not the quarterfinals, it's the semifinals because they're in, you know, they're kind of split up. They're kind of up toward the Knoxville region there. Um, and Mex County is probably the same. At their level, they're not going to have any competition until they play Tyner. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, that's just how, the, how it rolls. Last week, we had eight teams that were winless. We can scratch one off the list. Congratulations to Brainerd. They defeated Loudon this week. So now we're down to seven teams that have yet to win a game. Walker Valley, Signal Mountain, Signal Mountain had a chance. That's another game we're going to talk about here in a bit. McMinn Central, East Ridge, Copper Basin, Boyd Buchanan, and Bledsoe. Signal Mountain had a chance this week. Bledsoe County had a chance this week. Couldn't close it out. And Boyd Buchanan. Boyd Buchanan has been outscored through three games, 149-20. to And McMinn Central, by the way, they've been outscored 110-6. to They've scored one touchdown in the first three games of the season. That's tough. Lookout Valley, by the way, want to give a shout-out to them because, um, you know, their first game ended up being canceled because of weather. And then last week they had a – it was a scheduled bye week. So they had gone the first two weeks of the season and not played a game – they played their first game uh, Friday night against Jellico and Lookout Valley won forty-two nothing. So, shout out to uh, Coach David Dinger and the Lookout Valley Yellow Jackets on picking up win number one on the season for them. And, and Chandler, having now seen uh, Copper Basin and uh, learning a little bit more about Sail Creek and where they are, uh, I think Lookout Valley is. Going to that's a good win for them for the Jackets to win forty two nothing the way they did. I think look, I'll be shocked if Lookout Valley isn't the third team, um, the the number three seed coming out of that region in playoff time. You know, I thought I think that would have been a closer game had they been able to play in the past two weeks. I mean, imagine seeing everybody else in the Chattanooga area in the state play football. And here you are having to sit here two weeks without having to play football. I mean, the frustration alone could win you that game, Chris. But I do think they'll have that third seed uh, in, in that region. I mean, because, I mean, South Pittsburgh and Whitwell, you're just not going to beat them if you're one of those other three teams. It's not going to happen. So, I mean, they have a secure, as secure a third seed as you can get in that region. All right, let's hop into some of the games that uh, we really wanted to get to this week. A little bit later on, we'll uh, we'll do our highlight, low light, and fail from Friday night, and we'll also give you our top five this week, top five large schools, top five small schools. We're going to rank them for you, and we'll do that coming up here in a bit. Let's start, though, going back to last Friday, Ottawa and Bradley. What a game this was. Ottawa won it 28 uh, to 27, they Udawa had to score. It was a 21-point third quarter comeback for them to get the win. They were penalized 12 times in this game. Kyrell Sanford, the quarterback, he was fantastic. 104 yards uh, rushing, another 170-plus passing. 
I thought it was interesting. Uh, Coach Scott Chandler said that his team was still trying to to find their identity in the paper, like you know, <laughs> trying to find out who they are. We, and I think there's a lot of teams that kind of fall into that category right now, where they're still trying to figure themselves out early in the season. But I'll tell you what, Chandler, whenever Udawa figures it out, when they get it all put together, this team is, they're pretty good. They got a chance to be really good. Yeah, I mean, this, this was a great win for Udawa. I mean, because I think this Bradley Central game was one that stood between them and getting that second seed. Because we know everybody else in that region is chasing Maryville. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe maybe down the road we can get an upset. Uh, but you know, there's there's just that really that one home playoff spot up for grabs in that region, and everybody else is vying for because Maryville just sitting there. But I mean, shout out to the Sanford. I mean, one have a game. That's 267 yards of offense by himself. That is ridiculous. And, and uh, we knew last week this if this if it didn't rain, this was going to be decided to the air, and, and it was. You know, but don't give up on Bradley too easily, though. I think their season is far from over, and if they play their cards out right, I think they could maybe have another matchup against the Owls in the playoffs, maybe. So, I mean, there could be some revenge there late, late in, the, uh, in October, November. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. But I, I like this, uh, like this, uh, like what Udawa has right now. I like where they are. And uh, again, Sanford is a fantastic athlete. Yeah. Let's go to our next game. NBA beats Macaulay 38-14. to The fighting Kirk Herbstreets <laughs> take on the, the Blue Tornado and get the win. Macaulay helped them out big time. They had seven turnovers in this game. As a matter of fact, NBA, they scored two defensive touchdowns in the first quarter alone. The first one, by the way, was scored by Jake Herbstreet. That's Kirk Herbstreet's son. Um, I didn't realize this, that McCauley has lost to NBA now 14 straight times. You talk about having somebody's number. <laughs> Three interceptions and four fumbles lost for, uh, for McCauley. D'Angelo Hardy, 227 yards passing. If you take away the turnovers, if, if McCauley holds on to the ball, if they don't give it back seven times, this is a whole different ball game, but the seven turnovers, couple of defensive scores, they put their defense in a really bad position several times in this game, and McCauley just couldn't. I mean, you know, NBA, you jump out to two defensive scores early in the game and you get a lead, and NBA was able to, they just never took the pressure off of McCauley, and you see what happens. Yeah, I think NBA, you know, they, they were the runners-up last year. I think they were coming in this game hearing all about McCauley this, McCauley that, McCauley's going to go win a state championship. Well, he stood up and said, uh, uh, no, well, we ain't letting those tornadoes come in here. I mean, but you're right. When you have seven turnovers, there's no team, in, no team ever that I think you could put with a minus seven turnover differential and win a ball game. I mean, you just can't. You know, we thought McCauley was ready to, you know, you know, we were already talking about the state title run they were going to have this year and how great it's going to be. You know, they just don't look the part right now. I don't know if this was really a fluke with them with the seven turnovers. I think anytime you have seven turnovers, it's a fluke. If not, that coach needs to lose his job. Uh, but it looks like it is a fluke right now. I mean, 
you know, sometimes a loss like this can really put things in perspective. And for me, it put in perspective that I don't think McCauley is ready right now to make a playoff run. Now, down the road, down, down the road later in this season, yeah. I think maybe they can improve enough and maybe they can, you know, play NBA again. They'll have to go through NBA if they want to get to the state title game. But right now, they just they just look like they weren't ready for Division Two play yet. Tyner and Polk County. Tyner with a 35-7 to win. They had Polk County their first loss of the season. Pretty typical Tyner. They scored five touchdowns by five different players. Uh, yeah. Martavius Rails was the guy. And, and we've talked so much about Jeremiah Batiste and how good he is. We've talked about the other playmakers at, at Tyner. We haven't give um, Rails his, his due. Uh, first year starter, 238 yards of total offense. He was fantastic. On the flip side, there's Polk County. They had their chances first half, four times into Tyner territory. They couldn't come away with any points. And this is something that I think is pretty characteristic of a young football team and a team that's still trying to, you know, we talked about Udawa trying to find their identity. I don't think it's about identity at Polk County. I think it's about these guys learning how to win again. And part of that is how do you finish? How do you finish drives? And I think that's what Derek Davis is going to be harping about this week on them because, you know, you come away with some points in the first half on a couple of those drives. This game, uh, the nature and the tone of this game could change dramatically if you score three out of four trips into Tyner territory, even if you score two out of the four into Tyner territory, completely changes the complexion of this game. I'll be honest with you. I'll let y'all know. I picked I picked uh, Polk County last week. Let's be honest. That was the hot talking. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'm just – Tyner gets it done on the road. Tyner gets it done when you think they can't get it done. When you doubt Tyner, they just come up and they say, hey, we're about to do what you, what you think we can't do. But, I mean, you're right. R- 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 how do you pronounce that? Rails? Rails? Rails. I get it right? All right, good. Uh, I mean, when you got 238 yards by yourself, okay, dude has some true game on the gridiron. I mean, this dude is balling out on the gridiron. But, you know, I think this game decided the region. Um, and I- I'm sticking to that. I don't think there's another team in the region that can put up a fight against Tyler. Maybe Marion County can keep it close, but. I don't think they're going to put up the, the kind of fight that Polk County put up. I don't think they're going to have the kind of backing that Polk County have with them or the, the players. I think Polk County, they could have, you know, I think that the game was just too big for them early in the year. I honestly think that because the two games they played, it wasn't really a good measurement of where they were because they were smaller teams. You know, they were smaller teams, not as great teams. Um, so I, I think that that played into this, and they just weren't ready for the big game right now. Maybe – you know, two or three games down the road, two or three weeks down the road, maybe they would have been ready for the big game. If they had had another test, if they would have, you know, saw somebody different, I don't know. But, you know, on Twitter, I said, I Twitter, and I said earlier, uh, Tyner won't see another real test until 2A, uh, in 2A until Meigs County in, in the semifinals. That, that's how much I saw this game as pivotal in this region. By the way, you can find all of Chandler's hot takes on Twitter at Sports Chandler. You can find me at Crisco Fourth One, and don't forget, uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the SETN Preps Podcast. You can also find us on the old Facebook, SETN Preps. 
Uh, go to facebook.com slash SETN Preps. You can find us there. All the episodes are there. If you miss one, you can go back. You can listen to it on Facebook. Of course, uh, you can download it, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We thought last year, or last week, Chandler, we thought that game between Tyner and Polk County would have been the game of the week, the game that comes Saturday morning everybody was talking about. And it wasn't. Udawah Bradley was really good, but Red Bank Signal Mountain may have been the game of the week. Signal Mountain nearly came back, found a way to win. They switched quarterbacks at halftime. They went with Drew Lowry, who had been a receiver. Not only had he been a receiver, he was one of the better pass catchers in this area. They move him to quarterback in the second half. He throws for 100 yards, and Signal Mountain comes from behind, and they end up making a game of this late and had a chance to be able to come back and at least tie it or um, or, or maybe take a lead late in this game over Red Bank. Now, it didn't happen for them, and again, you go back to – the middle of August, when you and I first started doing this, the Red Bank offense is what we were all about, Calvin Jackson. And, yes, it's good to see him back. He's doing what he does. He scored two more touchdowns. But, Chandler, this Red Bank defense, this is how Red Bank's beating people right now. It's not an offense that's throwing up 50, 60, 70 points a game. They're just absolutely punching people in the mouth and taking their lunch money right now on the defensive side of the ball. This defense at Red Bank is absolutely tremendous. They held Signal Mountain 30 yards of total offense in the first half. That's how good Red Bank has been on uh, on defense. And that, to me, you talk about great stories in high school football in our area. We talked about, uh, you know, Polk County being unbeaten last week. We mentioned, you know, Lookout Valley having to sit the first two weeks and finally able to get a win um, last week and, or you know, this past Friday and do it in impressive fashion. But, man, I think the job that Red Bank is doing defensively every week is tremendous. I mean, these guys, they are lights out every single week. Um, and that's keeping Red Bank in games. And to me, that's one of the best stories of high school football is what Red Bank's doing on the on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they were really impressive. When you're holding signal out, and, and we've seen bits and pieces of this signal out in offense. We've seen that they can score when they need to. We've seen how they work. When you can hold signal to 13 points, two touchdowns, I mean, that's saying something. Because Signal Mountain is, you know, they're going to pass the ball. I mean, that's this passing game can keep them in the game with anybody. Uh, but the red thing just keeps tuning out the haters and saying, hey, let's get the job done. Uh, you know, two games so far, both within a touchdown of each other. And I think that Saudi game, if they would have played it, would have had the same result. They're just beating people with that defense. When you've got close games like this, it's showing that, hey, our defense is good and we can hang with anybody. We just the only word we've got is our offense, and now we kind of got that back with Calvin Jackson, who had two touchdowns this week. This game was closer than I would have liked, but it's a rivalry game, and I think that I think the Red Bank playing it close like this is just the result of this being a rivalry game, and I think this could have went either way, no matter the player, the year, whatever the factors. But Chris, do you think that this unbalanced offense for Signal is really keeping them from winning because they're zero and three? This is kind of the bigger story around Signal Mountain is 
They're 0-3, and really you wouldn't think that going into this season. Is the one side of the ball, you know, kind of hurting them? Well, I thought they would be a lot better. I thought they looked a lot better going back to the um, going back to the Jamboree. I mean, I thought they looked. I thought they looked much improved. I thought they would be a lot better. To me, it's a little shocking to see them sit here at zero and three. And at what point in time do you start to say maybe we need to make some more changes? You know, Coach Roberts there said he thought they had more energy on offense when they made the switch and they put Drew Lowry in at quarterback. They get Whitwell this week at home, but it's not going to be any easier because Whitwell's scoring points in bunches right now. So, you know, what do you do? At what point do you go, hey, we've got to make some wholesale changes, whether that's in personnel or whether that's in scheme, but you got to make a decision at some point in time you got to make a change, or this is going to get continue to get ugly. Yeah, I think for team, even for teams that they play that can't defend the pass or have trouble defending the pass most of the time, I think that that is even if you can't defend the pass when you have a team and you know they're going to throw. Like if you know sitting them out, like I think it was the game against Tyre, they had what seven rushes, maybe. You're talking about if you know they're going to throw. 99% of the time, then why are you guarding the run, right? That's kind of how you got to see it. I mean, you know, it's not necessarily hard to cover, but it's more of the it's, it's more of the fact that, hey, you know, we know where they're going, so it gets easier when we get down into this game. Like, you know, and it, you know, I think that Signal Mountain game, I think it bounced off a helmet down in there. Um, or was that was that the Signal Mountain game or was that the Uwak Bradley Central game? They were both close. Uh, but, I mean, you're talking about a close game. They could defend the pass because they knew the pass was coming. I think they've got to get a run game if they're going to be successful and try to make a playoff run late in this season. No, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, they have definitely been offensively, they have definitely been very one-sided uh, towards the pass. The, the semblance of the run game hasn't been there for them. And, you know, if you're winning, if you're scoring points, I don't think that becomes as glaring of a stat, but when you're losing and then people start looking at your box score and looking at what you're doing, then you start going, wow, wait a minute. You know, there is absolutely zero presence of a run game here. So it's going to be interesting. I I tell you, you know, if I'm Whitwell, I'm going to prepare for a little bit of everything this week. But you're exactly right, Chandler. If you don't have to commit that extra guy to the box to try to, you know, protect against the run, defend against the run. Um, and if they know you're never going to run it just to stay honest or to try to keep the defense honest, then you can lay back and you can play pass the whole time. Um, and I think that's what a lot of teams are doing against them right now. I think that's the one area maybe that they could use. Um, I agree with you. I think if, if I'm Signal Mountain, I want to find a way to be able to be a little bit more balanced. Maybe you don't quite get 50-50, but let me get more closer to, you know, 60-40 maybe rather than such a huge difference that we've seen throughout the year in terms of of their run pass percentage on offense. That's the way I see it. Let's take something new we're going to do this week, and we'll do it for the rest of the season. We'll do it on a, in our Monday show, and that is our top fives. 
We're going to give you our top five small schools and our top five big schools. Let's start with number five, and let's go with the small schools. We'll do these one at a time, Chandler. I'll lead us off. I'm going to go my number five in the small schools. I'm going to talk about a school that we just talked about, and that's Red Bank. Red Bank is off to a 2-0 and start. I think they've been impressive. I'm going Red Bank at number five in the small schools. Well, Chris, um, I'll go ahead and tell you, I've got Mex County at number five. Uh, smaller school, I think that they I, – I don't – the reason I've got them ranked so low, I think I would have ranked them higher had they played – had some decent competition. I mean, they're playing a team called Cumberland Gap, okay, and they're beating them like a drum, okay? They've not had any competition thus far. I think they're impressive. I still think they're a good team. But I think, though, whether or not they hit roadblocks this week against Sequatchie, I think they will hit some roadblocks later in the season. I'm just not convinced that they are the, the team they were last year just because, you know, they haven't played any competition yet. For number four, I'm going Whitwell. Oh, okay. Um, number four, I actually agree with you here. I'm going Whitwell as well. Yeah. And self-explanatory. Uh, number three, I'm going South Pittsburgh. And I think South Pittsburgh and Whitwell, at least on paper right now, are pretty even. Um, I think skill position-wise, they're very comparable. I feel like South Pittsburgh may have a little more depth just as far as pure numbers go. Um, but also, too, Whitwell hasn't beaten South Pittsburgh since 1991, and that's the reason why I give South Pittsburgh the edge. They're my number three team. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I got South Pittsburgh there, too. I really think that right now uh, you could really put a, t- a T3 there for Whitwell and South Pittsburgh because I do think they are that close right now. And, by the way, I just want to say I'm ready for that game here in a few weeks. That's going to be a really, really great game, better than it's been probably in the past few years. Number two, I got Tyner, the Ram train. Okay, number two, I've actually got Red Bank. I had them ranked higher than you did. I just think they are a really solid team. And just when I try to doubt them, just when I try to throw them under the bus, they, they get out from under under the bus and drive the bus and run me over. So that's why I got them number two. And at number one, I've got Megs County. At number one, I've got Tyner. I just think right now that, you know, they're both 2A, but I think that Tyner really just is more impressive just because of the competition they face. I, you know, once Megs County has played some better teams, uh, maybe, so, you know, I think I can give them the nod. I think Megs County is a really good team, and I think they could be in comparison with Tyner. But right now I just think Tyner is the better team out of those two. Uh, simply because they've had more competition in the past few weeks. I, I just like where I, I like the way Megs County is beating people the way they should beat people, and that's that's look. Same thing goes. I mean, I, you know, South Pittsburgh hasn't played outside of Sequatchie County, who's a a much larger classification. All right. Um, beat. South Pittsburgh hasn't played a, a very difficult schedule at this point. You know, Whitwell has played two of their, well, let's see, Whitwell's first three teams they have played in Boyd Buchanan, Copper Basin, and Bledsoe County are a combined, what, 0-9? Yeah. So Whitwell hasn't played. They haven't really been challenged yet either. But the one thing I like about South Pittsburgh, the one thing I like about Whitwell, is they aren't just beating people. They're punishing people, and that's what you want to see from teams who, or that's what you do see 
from teams who win state championships, and that's what I'm seeing out of Meigs County. Yes, they haven't played the most difficult schedule yet, but what they are doing is the people they're playing, they're laying the wood to them pretty good, and I think that's what you what you want to see. You you when you play the inferior teams, you really want to you want to put a beating on them, um, yeah. and that's what they have done. Let's go to the large schools now. So what we did is we said 1A, 2A, and 3A, that's what makes up our small school top five. Our large school top five is made up of 4A, 5A, 6A, and then all of the privates all get dumped in. So all of Division Two all gets dumped in. I'm going to start with number five. And I'll be honest, Chandler, I had a hard time with this, with the large schools. I, I think we, we have better schools uh, better programs in the smaller schools in our area than we do the larger ones. At number five, I've got a two-in-one Central Purple Pounders team that right now I feel like is one of the five best large school um, groups in our, our teams in our area. Yeah, I've actually got uh, Bradley Central at number five. And I know, and I think. The, the Uwa loss, for me, I, I'm looking more at, yeah, are they good? Can they? Who can beat who? That's what I'm looking at. But I'm also looking at, all right, what kind of potential do they have when it comes to the playoff? And I think the Uwa loss also kind of took them down a notch because, you know, now they're having to fight for, you know, third place or fourth place, and then your your odds go down farther and farther as you go down that list. But I've got Bradley Central at five. At four, I go Notre Dame. And I just think – Again, Notre Dame has so much talent, so many weapons that are there. Um, I just got to look at at Notre Dame at two and one on the year. I got them at my number fourteen. Yeah, uh, Chris, I've actually gotten at four. I've got Ray County. Uh, Notre Dame just missed uh, my top five. There, they would probably be six if we had a six here. But I've got Ray County. I just think right now. Uh, they're pretty impressive now. I think we would know a lot more about them had they played the Cleveland game two weeks ago and it didn't get rained out. I think we would know a lot more about them. But for now, I've got them at four. I think they're a pretty impressive team. At number three, I've got Udawa, the Owls. They've beat Tyner in a weather-shortened game. They got the win over Bradley Central last week at two and one. I've got uh, I've got Udawa in at number three. Yeah, Chris, I've got uh, at number three, I've got Chattanooga Central. Look, I know I've been on this bandwagon all season, and I know Red Bank kind of derailed my pounder hopes here, but I do think Chattanooga Central still is one of the better teams in the large school division. I think they could match up, you know, because Red Bank, yes, it's a 3A school, but it's a really, really, really good 3A school. I mean, it's on the caliber, maybe not at Alcoa, but, you know, it's, it's a little bit lower than Alcoa. We all know how Alcoa can can play with Maryville when they need to. Uh, but I think that Chattanooga Central is my number three, and I, I just think they, they're that good. And number two, I got Ray County. Um, I mean, again, they are just – they're 2-0. and um, They did lose a game – or lost a game due to weather, so they had a game they weren't able to play. We talked about that one, but um, I like where Ray County is. I want to see them – once they get deeper into the season, though, and at right now is uh, that's really the reason why I've got them number two. Yeah, and Chris, just to add to the Ray County thing, I, I do think that Ray County is on a, a has a good path, and especially when they get to the playoffs, what they've got. Because I mean, when you talk about Bradley Central and 
you know, Ottawa, they have to go through six night. They have to go through Maryville. It's in their own region, but, you know, Ray County, not that much of a gauntlet. But at number two, I have Ottawa. Uh, that win against Bradley Central was really impressive to me. And, again, I'm looking at not only how good they are, could you beat who, but I'm looking at what's your longevity, what's your chances of getting to the state championship, really. That's kind of half and half how I see it. And I think Ottawa has a really good shot at, you know, they got the, they pretty much sealed the second C right there, barring an upset. I've got them at number two. Now it's time for the number one in the large school division, our, our large school rankings. And I've got Macaulay at number one. I know they're coming off a loss to NBA, and that was not a pretty loss. I mean, it was, it was ugly the way they got beat, the turnovers, all that. They still got D'Angelo Hardy and I'm not ready to give up on the Blue Tornado yet. I still think, even coming off a loss, I still think they're the best team. Yeah, Chris, I mean, even as much after that loss, even as much as you want to knock them down from that number one spot, I mean, you just look, who else in that top four, in that top five and below that, even the top five in the small schools, who else could beat them? Well, I know we're looking at playoffs. I mean, that's, no, who else could beat them? No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, and it's like I told you, I thought it was tough to to rank, you know, to determine, okay, who I th- who do I think are the best five teams out of 4A, 5A, 6A in the privates, and then who do I think could beat who? And I just think Macaulay would still be dominant right now um, if they played the rest of these the rest of these teams. I just really feel like they are still the best. As long as D'Angelo Hardy is healthy, I think McCauley's going to be a handful for whoever they play. Now, you can't make you can't turn it over seven times in a game, all right? Let's be honest about that. Um, but that's not a Ralph Potter coach team, and I don't think that's going to be – you know, that's not the norm for McCauley. So I think McCauley will be fine. Um, again, even coming off the loss, I think the game for them – they got to beat Brentwood Academy in a couple of weeks. I mean, I think that Macaulay, you know, Brentwood Academy game is going to be a – it may be one for the ages because I think even the people that I know that are in the middle Tennessee area that cover prep football, a couple of the writers up there, they feel like that game may be round one of a, of a state championship um, because yeah. I think they all feel like – B.A. and Macaulay are on this collision course to play for state cha- for, to to play each other for a state championship. So um, I'm still hanging tough with the uh, with the Blue Tornado at number one. Yeah, Chris, I I want to ask you a question real quick. Um, I, I mean, I went with Macaulay too at number one. Is there any team in the top five small schools that could hang anywhere in the large top five schools? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think Red Bank could. I think uh, Tyner definitely could. I mean, Tyner's proven it year after year. Um, and I think Meigs County could get in there and mix it up too. <laughs> Let's get to our highlight, low light, and fail and uh, wrap it up this week here on SETN Podcast. Uh, Chandler, I'll start. I'm going to go highlight first. Udawa, 21 third quarter points to come back to beat Bradley. That is my highlight of the week. Yeah, I, that one was really close to being my highlight too. Uh, but I, I was I was watching the scoreboard and Bletchville County was tied with Mary Kay at the half. Mary Kay scores two touchdowns. You think it's over, right? Well, guess what? The fourth quarter, Bletchville County comes alive, 
comes within two points of beating Marion County. Two points is their first win, and maybe their only win of the season. That's probably the closest they've come to beat Marion County since they've been in that region, Chris. I agree, and and that was a, a heck of an effort by uh, by Bledsoe County. Uh, my low light this week, Macaulay. I mean, seven turnovers, getting thrashed by NBA. That's my low light. I still think Macaulay is is a good team. I think they're certainly a lot better than what they showed Friday night. But that was my low light in just uh, seeing how Macaulay played, hearing how Macaulay played on Friday night. Yeah, Chris, my, my low light, I, I'm sticking with the Valley on this one. The quality of the rest of the Valley games, I was so disappointed with all the blowouts in the Valley. And, I mean, it was just ridiculous. Whether you were getting blown out or you were blowing someone else out, except for that Bledsoe County, Mary County game, it was just all horrendous to watch, and I think you should get a refund on those tickets if you went to those games. They were so bad. But all I got to say is this. I can't wait for that South Pitt Whitwell game to get any faster. Chris, has there ever been another year we've been more excited about the South Pitt Whitwell game than the South Pitt Marion game? Um, I, I think maybe you could make an argument last year. Yeah. But it hasn't been – um, it hasn't been that way in a long time, certainly. Yeah. I mean, last year and this year, um, and, and I think they're both going to boat race everybody they – well, South Pittsburgh's going to boat race everybody they face until then. Now, yeah. for Whitwell's schedule, uh, they've got – and I know they're 0-3, but still, I, I still think there's – Signal Mountain is a dangerous team, and they've still got – Trousdale County to go, and that is going to be yeah. on the road against Trousdale County. So, um, I, I will, I will hold judgment on saying that Whitwell's going to boat race people, but I think South Pittsburgh will boat race everybody until they get to that game. Um, and I, I think you'll see if both of them are healthy, and that's what I want to see. Both of those teams going at each other healthy. I don't want anybody hurt. I don't want anybody unavailable i want both of them at full strength because i think it has a chance to be a classic all right it's time for the fail of the week i don't know if i've said this before and i've thought about putting it in writing and posting it a few places i know i've got enough friends and in and around the media business around the state that they would pick up on this because it's it's one of the more frustrating things this is my 23rd, maybe the 24th, but I believe it's the 23rd, 24th year of doing high school football play-by-play. And I try to do it the right way. And I know a lot of people look at it and they go, Man, it's you know it's high school football. It's not Monday night football, and I get that. But to those kids out on the field, it is Monday night football, and it means a lot to them, and it means a lot to the people that listen, and I feel a responsibility that I need to do the best job that I can do. And I am amazed at the number of coaches to this day in 2018 who refuse to give you, and again, I try to do things the right way. I never show up unannounced. And I know there's plenty of people that do this across the state that don't take the time to call a coach, an athletic director, or a principal and say, hey, we're coming, 
we're going to need space in your press box. I always make sure that I do that. There's a lot of people that don't. The other thing that I ask for is need a copy of your roster and your probable starting lineups. Now, (laughs) that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to tell me exactly what your line, you know, if you're going to come out in, if you're typically a spread team, then send me your spread starting lineup. If you come out in a wing tee, I'll adjust and figure it out. But at least give me something so that I can be prepared so that I know a little bit of something about your kids. And I am amazed to this very day at the number of coaches in 2018 that refuse to give that out. Well, we don't give that out. Well, Coach, why not? Well, that's just not something we give out. Why not, Coach? Why don't you give that information out? Well, we just don't. Well, you can pick it up Friday at the game. Now, see, that's not how this works. You watch film and you prepare to be able to do your job. All I'm asking to do is for you to help me prepare and be able to do my job. And I've never met a more paranoid group of individuals than high school football coaches. It's the most paranoid group of people I have ever been around and the only thing I can figure and I actually had a coach tell me this one time this was years ago and for folks that don't know I did South Pittsburgh's games on the radio for nine years I did Boyd Buchanan for 11 spent a couple of years doing games on TV and I now do Whitwell's broadcast and this was back in late 90s early 2000s and I'm not going to say that I could tell you the coach's name. I could I could name his school, um, but I won't. And he told me, he goes, I'm not giving you that. I said, why? He said, because you're going to take it to Coach Grider. And I said, well, okay, first of all, man, let me, let me explain something to you. I, I don't, you know, Vic and I usually shake hands on my way out of the stadium on Friday night, and that's the only time I see him. Somebody else, somebody else does the interview, the pregame interview. He and I rarely talk. I get all my information from Vic usually over the phone. It's one ten-minute phone call on Thursday. So, and and <laughs> my other thought on this is: so let me get this straight. What do you have? What are you holding? You're, you know, you're two and five on the season. What have you been saving? I mean, do you have Bo Jackson on the roster that you've been hiding and saving so you can wait and break him out against South Pittsburgh because you're now two and five, and all of a sudden you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna throw you know Herschel Walker out there or. Or, you know, Peyton Manning is going to come trotting out to play quarterback for you? I don't get it. 
And that's basically what I told the guy. And I said, look, if you don't, especially now, oh, my gosh, with Huddle and the way these coaches can trade film with each other, if you think for one single minute that whoever it is that you're playing, you are so paranoid that you can't give the poor radio guy a copy of the roster and the starting lineup because you're too afraid that he's going to pass that information along to whoever the coach is. And by the way, I've had a great relationship with every coach from Danny Wilson to Vic Greider, Robert Akins, uh, Grant Reynolds, Tracy Malone, Randall Bolden. Every coach that I've ever been associated with, I've always gotten along great with them, have the utmost respect for every single one of those guys. I think they're all very good guys, very good guys. And I think they're all very good coaches, too. But they've never asked me for anything, nor have I ever given them anything. And when you say, well, I'm not giving this to you because you're going to go give it to whoever coach, then that is you judging my integrity and my professionalism when you have no reason to. Yep. So get over yourself because (laughs) whatever it is you're trying to hide, I'm pretty sure whoever the, the opposing coach is, they probably already know what you got. So that's my fail of the week. Chris, I, I've got to agree with you 100%. I, I did radio for about two years with the Squatchy County. Um, it was online radio, but I, I did it. I was producing it, but I was also, you know, it was it was a very, very, um, how would you say, uh, very, like, redneck operation. We all got to start uh, somewhere, Chandler. We all got to start somewhere. Uh, but every time I've never ran into a head coach that has even has a printed starting lineup. Like, I bet you that if you looked in their bag, like, they're not lying. They don't have a printed starting lineup because they don't want anybody to see it. That's just how paranoid they are. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in that exact same. I, I was, I did it for two years, Chris, two years. Okay. And there was a year where we were doing, uh, video with it. And I needed to kind of have some stuff set up beforehand so that when we did the video, we had something to pop up. We had this. We had that. No. No, you're not getting that. You're going to take it to the head coach. Well, you know, he you know, he could probably just watch your warm-up and know exactly what you're going to do anyway. You know, it was one. Of, it was some of these, like, small, like, 1A schools out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but you could see their warm-up and know that you were going to beat them. But, Chris, I completely agree with you. But for my fail, I'm going to go a little bit simpler. I'm not going to go on a rant. I know we're recording this on a Sunday, and it can get a little preachy sometimes. <laughs> But Polk County just stumped my tire. I think if you're Polk County, if you're going to show up to any game of the season, that's the game you show up to. Your region is on the line. That number one seed is on the line. Yeah, you might play tire in the playoffs, but whoop de doo you've got a better chance to go and beat, you know, next county. You've got a better chance at the, at the state championship because that's the goal for every high school team. You've got to beat Tyner. You've got to at least show up to that game and show Tyner that, hey, you know, we might not beat you this time, but, hey, you do not want to face us in the playoffs because we got your number. That's my fail of the week. I just think Tyner's a better team. Yeah. I mean, at the I end of the day, I just, think, one, I just think Tyner is, you know, right now, I just think Tyner's a better team. I think Polk County may still – uh, they may still be a team that's that's trying to figure things out, and, and they've had a couple of lean years, um, and it's good to see them back. I just think Tyner's a better team. 
that's going to do it for us this week. Real quick, yeah. Chandler. Holy cow, have we got some good ones uh, coming up in uh, in <laughs> oh, yeah. week four. Um, we've got, obviously, uh, a great rivalry game in Marion County and South Pittsburgh this week. We've got Central taking on Notre Dame. East oh, Hamilton in Ottawa, the battle for White Oak Ooh. Mountain. Uh, you've got Meigs County and Sequatchie County. You've got yep. Hickson and Saudi Daisy. Hickson still hadn't won a game yet either. They're zero and two, so uh-huh. you've got some uh, you got some pretty good games coming up. And we've talked a little bit about some of the smaller schools and and the one A um, bracket or, or the the one A region in our area, Copper Basin and Sail Creek. I believe they play each other this week, and that game yep. there may end up deciding who's fourth in that region. Yeah. So there's a lot of good football to talk about. So we'll do that coming up later on in the week. And again, let me remind you, you can find me on Twitter. I've been on a big college football kick this weekend, but you can find you me on Twitter. This weekend, Chris. Yes, I know. You and I've, I have, I've caught grief from people. Now I've got people <laughs> going, dude, where have you been? You, you never tweet. And all of a sudden here you are, you know, you're, you're being all Mr. Witty on Twitter now, but, um, but yeah, uh, so that's it. You can find me at Crisco Fourth One. You can find Chandler at Sports Chandler. You can find this podcast by going to uh, iTunes. You can rate it, subscribe, and review it uh, at. Uh, just look it up. It's the SETN Preps Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash setn preps have i forgotten anything chandler no i think you got it all good that is it thanks man we will do this again later on in the week we'll get you ready for week four when we get together again